It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, January 17th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that thinks the Flyers are doing great. Let's fine tune them. Yeah, I can see that. We're going to talk about what we learned about the Flyers during the road trip and just like pick a couple things that they can fine tune to get even better all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram threads and Blue Sky and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. You can find us over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you get podcasts. Subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Russ, I feel like we learn more and more about this team as the season progresses, which seems natural to say, but I think that they've been working on things and trying to fine tune things. And we've learned what they can and cannot do with mm-hmm. the personnel that they have. And I think they're learning that too. And which is part of the reason why they've been so successful, um, especially on this most recent road trip. Yeah, I think that's all those things are true. I mean, you know, the confidence is still there. And so with the fine tuning, you know, they've done a pretty good job. You know, they slipped back on the power play again, which is not a shock. But for the most part, everything else had been They only pretty- had two of them in that game against St. Louis, though. Still didn't get one, though. Um, but yeah, otherwise, most things were um, were pretty good in check. But again, you know, sometimes end of the road trip, they're missing some players, some key players. They banded together. Uh, you wouldn't want to miss those guys for too long, I don't think, because even that game could have, like I said, I, I think that game could have been a lot, lot closer or even the other way. Um, but, you know, things worked out for them. Yeah, and I think that one of the things we've been talking about uh, throughout this season is this team's resiliency. That, you know, if you compare them to last season, like, you could see them, you know, falling behind against the wild the way that they did. And the, the game just getting out of hand and the game ends up six to one or something like that. Yeah, they were mentally and, fragile last year where where now they're not. I mean, that's a big difference. You you definitely saw where they would have breaking points in games last year. Right. And I think that's one of the major things um, that's been really good that they got that resiliency early on. And so now when they've gotten to moments like having Sean Couturier out with an injury, I think, you know, we even spoke at the beginning of the season. We didn't know how Coots was. Nobody knew how Coots was going to be. You know. No, he didn't know. We didn't know. Nobody knew. Right. And so, you know, I think that based on the fragility of the team from last year, you come into the season, you say, oh, Sean Couturier gets hurt again. 
this team is screwed, right? <laughs> and and yeah. that has proven to not be the case. Now it's a small sample size so far, but right. that's you hope it's not a long longer term injury and you don't have to really test that out. Of course, of course. But at least in the short term, we've seen that because of this resiliency and this togetherness that they have developed over the first half of the season, I think they're handling this much better than maybe if this had happened, you know, a few weeks into the season. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think there's a little bit of luck here too, though, because if this were a month ago, they wouldn't have faith in Morgan Frost and he wouldn't have been the one C like in the last game. It would have been somebody else. It would have been Kate's um, even just coming back. Right. So that would have changed things a little bit, but now they see that, you know, Frost can do this probably not going to sit him much for the rest of the season now, I would hope. And so like that made a difference. You, you haven't, you had somebody that was already in, you know, playing hot that could go to one C rather than a guy who's just coming back to go to one C that's a, that's a big difference. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, it only helps them to have Noah Cates back. Um, but right. it gives the flyers the flexibility and the time to ease Kate's back into it instead of having to, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire sort of situation. Right. And that's, and that's a good thing. Now, as far as, you know, the rest of the guys we do, I still worry about the wear and tear because of the, uh, the way they're playing the game. I know there's going to be people out there that say, well, they're pros or whatever. Yeah, they are, but not everybody coaches exactly this way. Uh, you know, and that's sometimes can wear down players. So that's, you know, that's the only concern I have. But right now, as far as where the pieces fit, it's good. I mean, right now it's it's pretty good. They've, they've got some good versatility going too. Right. The only thing that I'm not sure is sustainable is like paling on the third third line. I don't know if that's sustainable. We'll see. Yeah, I, I'm not sure yet either. But I, I do think that, you know, if you look at this road trip, right, where you have a game like you had against the wild, where you have to come from behind, you know, you, mm-hmm. you go into extra time here in, in the first half of a back-to-back where the next game you have to face the number one team in the NHL. Who's on an eight game winning streak. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think it was eight games at that point. Yeah. Eight or eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to shut them out, after all of that, I think just really speaks to that resiliency and that, you know, we may be tired. We may have just traveled to Winnipeg, but, you know, we're going to put everything out here on the ice and we're going to figure out a way to win. And, and they did. Yeah, that was that was one where Urson really picked him up. And being a year older and having X amount of games in the tank has made a big difference compared to the Urson last year who started out hot and then sort of faltered a little bit because he was a young guy, still a young guy. But difference is he's at least got more games of experience and he's going to continue to add to it. And that's a big deal. That's something where that showed up in that game, especially. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, whereas at the beginning of the season, we were a little concerned about how many games Carter Hart would play. We didn't really know. We knew Urson was going to be the backup, but we knew that we had that, Concerned from last season about Urson, mm-hmm. you know, fading a little bit. Um, but, you know, we did see Carter Hart play a lot of games early, but they figured it out, right? That we really. Yeah, I think they're, they're, they have a good mix now. Actually, um, two shows ago when you weren't on, I thought they were going to continue to go with Urson because he got a shutout. I figured 
you have to go with Urson here because you got a shutout. They didn't, and that's fine. Um, that worked out for them. But if it were me, I would have given Urson the other game because of the shutout. So it just shows that right now they are sort of sticking to a schedule, but we know how Torts is. That schedule is not set for in stone because he'll he'll change it up at a moment's notice. Yeah, I think uh, it's written in a raceable pen, I think yeah. is, is what yeah, you I would say. Yeah. But yeah, I really think that um, unlike what maybe anybody would have expected based on what we know about Carter Hart, what we know about how they like to ride the goalies a little bit, um, you know, we were not expecting a 1A, 1B kind of scenario here. And I think that this not road this quick. No. Yeah, not this quick. And, and this road trip, I think, kind of proved that based on exactly what you just said, that there is a schedule and it's a 1A, 1B because they know that Urson has to play regularly to be successful. Um, Carter right. Hart can handle that and it keeps Carter Hart fresher for when he does come right. in. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there are some goalies that they sit too long. They're not worth a lot. And you're right. I think they did learn that about Urson until so that's good. I mean, that's right now they're maximizing it. And a lot of teams in the league don't have a tandem like that. So, you know, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, now on yesterday's show, you hinted at some potential lineup changes because, you know, the Flyers don't really have a spare forward now other than Couturier who's injured. Right. You know, right. and they've been playing 11, seven, a little bit, 12, six happened because Kate's checked back in. Um, but now we're in this precarious situation. We do have, you know, several home games in a row um, where it's easier to get somebody from Lehigh Valley. But like at a certain point, you're going to have to go on the road. And I just don't think it's advisable to go on the road without a spare forward. I don't either, but they it wouldn't shock me if they go on the road with the extra defensemen uh, just to leave, leave the cap where it is, too. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked at that. I'm just surprised that with the little bit of cap trouble that they're in until, you know, they put Ellis on LTIR. And, I'm not, and look, I'm not a cap expert. I don't know why they're waiting on that. Um, I'm surprised they're not doing more paper transactions to sort of get more money in the bank, so to speak, you know, to milk it a little bit to kind of help them later in the year. So maybe they are going to do the LTIR at some point, And that's why they're not doing it. But while they're not doing it, like we said, that's probably going to prevent um, some moves from happening, like on road trips. Right. And so I think that that's going to be something to keep an eye on for sure, because they're at their max roster size right now. And yeah. they don't generally operate that way. They they tend no. to go lean. So, um, yeah, I think it, it is uh, a very fascinating part of this journey. Again, I love having Noah Cates back, um, but I think that uh, we're going to have to keep track of that. Um, something else we've been keeping track of are sort of the flyer stats and how they've ebbed and flowed and, um, you know, what what can we do to fine tune a, a good team? Because it's different than talking about a team with major problems, uh, which right. is what we had last year. And this year we've got a good team that we want to fine tune. Right. So how do we talk about that and what are we looking for? We're going to do that coming up next. It's the halfway point in the season, Flyers fans, and the, and the team is still in the playoff hunt. Regardless of where they are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice 
for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with sleeper you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests fans can also play daily fantasy nfl nba mlb cfb on sleeper and entries can be made in under a minute all you have to do is pick whether superstars like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, or Austin Matthews, plus the new guys like Connor Bernard, who will record more or less on their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of an eight of eight player stats. You heard me, Flyers fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper, so start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On tomorrow's show, we will be previewing the home matchup uh, against the Dallas Stars, a very good team. And we will uh, talk about a prospect that is draft eligible, Sasha Boisvert, who's on Muskegon in the USHL and planning on going to the University of North Dakota. Uh, Really excited about getting our pre-draft coverage uh, in full swing here. Ramp it up. Yep. So uh, the Flyers are good, now what? I think is the good question uh, to ask because, you know, obviously they're not the best of the best, but they are so much better than they were last year. And, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, in most ways, I would say. Uh, But Mm -hmm. there are some, you know, little things which um, I think that if they just fine tune them, they would be among the more elite teams in the league. And, you know, I don't know whether they can do it, uh, but I think, you know, when you have a team that's playing this well, you look at those things and and it's very easy to pick them out and practice them. And so one of the things, like the biggest thing is their shooting percentage, which is the, the second worst in the NHL right now. And the fact that they're, so successful despite that i think speaks to you know how strong they are in the other areas of their game but i i think yeah the work i think making up for it but yeah there's going to be times of the year where if you can improve the shooting percentage it's going to improve your your chances of winning some of these games yeah so since january 1st the flyers have had uh the most shots per game in the nhl at 38.6 but only scoring 2.5 goals per game and, you know, we talk about this all the time. The three goal threshold is something you got to be over to stay consistently winning. I mean, you never want to tell a team how to coach or be a coach. But honestly, I'm just going to say it like this. If I were the coach since and and this again, this goes back to like parenting almost like if you remember when you're a kid, if your parents asked you to do something nicely uh, and you didn't do it, then it became a mandate. Right. Well, guess what? Since nobody, I'm assuming nobody is using the sign-up sheet. I don't hear about writers saying that there's there guys are taking extra shooting practice and everything. So guess what? Now everybody's going to take extra shooting practice. Everybody has to sign up on the sheet, and I want to see everybody doing it. And I'll let you leave practice 15 minutes early with us so you could do it with the coach. But you got to do it now because 
we have to improve. They have to improve this. And that's what I would say as coach. So that's the only way it's going to get better, Rach. It doesn't, it doesn't get better. Like they told, you know, Owen Tippett to take more shots. Sure. So he took 10, but he still only scored on one of them. Right. So it's good that he scored, but it didn't help his shooting percentage. And it's no. just like anything else you've got, you know, you got to practice these things. If you don't practice, if it doesn't become muscle memory, they generally don't correct themselves like something like shooting percentage. Yeah. And, you know, it is interesting because, like I said, other things are making up for it, right? Like you said, the yes. work ethic and work ethic, the PK, all yeah. of that, all of that. Yes. But um, I, I pulled up that uh, NHL edge stats and compared last season's flyers. Now this data was from the full season of last year and this season up to the last game against St. Louis. So, you know, it's not exactly perfect uh, scientifically, but last year's flyers had a better shooting percentage than this year's flyers. And if you told me that I would not have believed you. I wouldn't have believed it either. Um, I don't really have a good answer. I mean, I guess maybe some guys are, are rushing because they're getting like fewer touches because now the Couturier is there and Atkinson are there and they take a fair amount of shots. You know, maybe guys are are just trying too hard at times. That's the only thing I can come up with. Otherwise I don't really have a good answer either. Yeah. It is really interesting. Like pretty much everything else is better this year. Obviously the speed is a lot better. We talked about that on the last show as well. Um, You know, just the market difference and how fast this team is versus last year, which was exceedingly slow. Um, and they're taking obviously a ton more shots on goal this year than they did last year. Um, you know, I think the only thing that's kind of better last year is that shooting percentage. And so it, it just stands out. And I think you're right that it's just something that I don't know whether it's the scenarios that they're practicing shots. Cause they obviously take like countless shots every day in practice, sure. but like how are they doing it and what scenarios and you know how does it relate to actual gameplay like something needs to turn around there right yeah i mean they could listen they have people that could break it all down on film and say um owen you're shooting you know four percent from here six percent from there eight percent from here ten percent from there show them the spots like they could do that that could be done so and and that could help because there's definitely hot spots for players, you know, like you see it on a video game, same thing. That's how they get them. Right. And I think that, you know, one of the other things um, that stood out to me in those stats, I mean, we talked about this a little bit is like the zone time and location choices of, of right. where they're shooting from that the flyers were actually a little more successful in that kind of hot zone right in front of the net. Um, right than they than they are this year that for some reason like and the eye test bears this out like when they get close up sometimes it just doesn't go for some reason right right a lot of times i mean again this is like when Tippett gets in close he's still trying to jam it in that mm-hmm. short side where the goalie's got it covered every time and atkinson for a long time when he was getting close was shooting it right into the goalie's chest like those things we had seen with the eye test and maybe the rest is partially because of the bad power play with not enough guys right. actually getting to the net or even just playing the bumper regularly. Right. Do we even see him playing the bumper regularly? Yeah. I think that's a big part of it too. Um, and yeah. you know, I think that the power play has I remember not- Nolan Patrick scored a couple goals playing the bumper 
and said he didn't like it and didn't want to do it. You remember that time? And it's, you know, and nobody has said that now, but it's just like more should do it. Yeah. And I think it's just such a fundamental part of the power play um, that would, I think, increase their shot quality. And, and it's so interesting too, because they have really good shot quality in general. They, they always like, or not always, but a lot of the time out high danger chance other teams, but the scoring chances like don't match up the same way. Here's a funny thing. So I am of the belief, and, and if you sit next to me at a hockey game, you'll know this. I don't care about the number of shots on goal. I don't care. And I wouldn't care if any broadcast stopped mentioning it either, because there's just too many times where a team is out shooting a team two to one and they're losing. Right. So what, why is that? Because of what you're talking about, shot selection and where they're getting the shots. And that's what matters. The The amount of the shots doesn't matter to me at all. And, you know, that makes sense. And these numbers bear that out, right? Because A, they're winning. Yeah. So they're doing a lot of things right. And B, right. They're, they're getting high quality shots uh, yeah. more often than not, I think. And, and so I, there's so much good here. It's like they could just, they could overtake the rangers if they just do these couple little things to tweak their game i mean in theory because you're looking at points but i think it's i think it's i think it's a little harder than that like you know again um with the ebbs and flows of the season i don't know if the flyers are really going to get in first place for any length of time but would this help them over the length of the season just to you know yeah. hope to make the playoffs yes yes it would yeah, I think so as well. And I think that, you know, they've done so much better this year overall defensively. They could stand to, you know, tighten it up a little bit, especially against the top team. Yeah. But um, for the most part, they've been playing great defensively. I think, you know, they've figured out a better balance in terms of zone exits mm -hmm. and entries, in terms of, you know, carrying the puck versus dump and chase. I think. Um, just so much of that is better. And it's so much fun to watch this team because all of those things are better. Yeah, sure. I mean, when, when a team plays better because they're like a more well-oiled machine, yeah, it's more fun to watch, of course, yeah. All right. Well, uh, you guys have some questions about the Flyers that we are going to attempt to answer. And uh, we will do that coming up next. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. They've got over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive with ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. 
Locked On Sports today is here for you 24-7, covering all the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube to subscribe. Uh, lots of good questions today, so let's dive right in. Paul uh, said, Russ kept saying we have two second-round picks this year, and I keep hearing the same thing from others in the media. I thought we only had one second-round pick as our own went toward getting Tony D'Angelo. If we received an additional pick outside the Provorov trade, could you please refresh my memory? Yeah, that's the um, the Jay O'Brien, the compensatory second. So that's there. And then the Flyers may or may not have another second, depending on what Columbus um, wants to do with the other second round pick. So that we won't know until draft day, really, unless they say so ahead of time. But right now they have two. Yep. So uh, we'll see what Columbus decides, but we definitely have one, maybe have that second one for sure. Um, at Mr. Ron 2029 over on YouTube uh, commented, Urson is by far the better goalie. They can trade Hart, especially since the Flyers are getting that stud rushing goalie next year. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, look, we've talked about it, and, and in theory, that's true. But I don't know if that's the way it's going to work out, and I'm not sure that's the way the Flyers are thinking about it yet. But it could happen. Like, how could that happen? Well, for one thing, I don't know if we're going to get an extension for Carter Hart in the summer. I think they're going to sit on that. So they might just meet his qualifying offer and then see where things lie after that. Um, depending on how many years Carter Hart wants, that's going to make a big difference as to whether, you know, he returns or not. I think that's, that's a big thing. So they have a backup plan. That's a good backup plan. Um, this year, because they're in it, they're not going to trade Carter Hart at the deadline. That's for sure. Yeah. But they could trade him at the draft. Like that's still a possibility. So I think that's sort of in flux, but I would say, don't be in a rush to make Urson the starter yet. Like if it works out that way, like, Hey, right. Circumstances then fine. You know, then there's not much you could do about that, but I wouldn't push it just yet. Right. And, uh, Alexei Kolosov is who we're talking about, by the way. Well, him coming over is the right. other part of it. Right. And right. so that part of it, now I'm going to address that part. I want to address the, the Urson over heart part first. Right. Um, yeah. Kolosov we think is coming over. Uh, that's the plan. Russia sometimes has other plans, but if he comes over, is it possible he could step in as a backup? Yeah, it's possible. Um, but again, you don't necessarily want to do that if you don't have to. So like if you could start him in Lehigh next year, it's better. And then if he's killing it after six, seven games, fine. Then, then you can make an adjustment. But I, I don't think that's ideal to just kind of throw him into the backup job. So I think that's the other thing you have to think about here too. Because he's got to get used to North American ice. Yeah, exactly. Especially because we saw how it worked out for Urson that he needed some extra time. Yeah. Um, and, that so, and it did help him. And I think that, you know, especially given that we think that Felix Antrim will be gone, I think right. Kolosov could fill that role perfectly. Right. You know, at the yeah, beginning of the next Yeah, let him get the Lions there starts down there. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, he's a perfect option to have as a call up once he starts getting more of that experience in Lehigh Valley. Right. So I think that is the perfect scenario, honestly, is that Hart stays around. But they're in good shape. I mean, the Flyers are in real yeah. good shape goalie wise. Even if they were to lose Hart, they're in pretty good shape still. Yeah. Dylan wants to know which goalie would you play versus Dallas and which versus the Avs? Uh, well, it's a good question. 
You know, I think I would play Hart against Dallas. Uh, and I would and I would play Urson against the Avs because the Avs don't know Urson as well, and they're the higher scoring team. And I've noticed that Urson can frustrate some of the high scoring teams because he's sort of like he's unflappable. He doesn't really like he's very positionally sound. Hart every once in a while will you know there'll be a bad clear with a stick or something, an overplay on a puck where Urson does very little of that because. He's not really as athletic as Hart. He doesn't try to be. And I think that frustrates, you know, some big-time scorers. So I think that's the way I would try and do it. Yeah, I think so. And I think also because it's the first home game back after the road trip, you want to put Hart in um, just because it's a home game. And that makes sense, too. Yeah, and, you know, there's been two days in between. It's not an every-other-day situation. So he can go right back in. And I think that makes sense on that front as well. We've gotten uh, a few comments regarding Nick Sealer and Sean Walker. We talked about Sealer. Um, yeah. You know, should we trade him at the trade deadline and all of that? And can we sell high on him? And so, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, should we trade one of them? Should we trade both of them? Like, if you have to pick one, which one is it? So, like, you know, it's because the team is good, right? And you, so you mm-hmm. want to hold on to some of these guys rather than trade everybody. So then how do you choose that? Right. So, I mean, Walker plays the bigger role. So I could see him holding on to Walker. And even if he doesn't sign next year, if he, if he's your own rental and he walks away, I don't think it's going to kill the organization, but they, I could see the scenario where they keep them both. And then, then I think that's a mistake because I just feel like they still need to build up as many assets as they can for the next few drafts to kind of carry through on the rebuild. But is it possible they keep both? Yes, it is possible. Should um, the Flyers extend Nick Sealer uh, beyond a year? No, I don't think so. But they might give him two or three. So that's, you know, these are the decisions that are going to make a difference to the future. Because remember, I mean, again, it won't be like the numbers that Risto was at. But this is something similar that Chuck Fletcher did with Risto. And, and just said, you know, we're going to get him going now because he's, you know, we're signing him now because, you know, we fixed him. Okay. But now that contract based on where he's playing with the new coach doesn't work. Right. So now you don't want to rush into the same thing with these guys, especially with Sealer, because we hear about it. Because again, you could be in that same situation because you might be looking at things next year and say, oh, look, Andre and Adder are actually ready, but we can't really use them both now because we kind of are set here. And so, you know, you'd hate for that to happen. But again, you'd have to know and wait until the end of the AHL season to kind of evaluate it and see where you think they're going to be next year. Because, you know, we don't know yet. And so a playoff run and stuff could change all that. So that's where I think you don't want to take away your future flexibility by locking up guys, even if you like them and then they're working in the system now, because those guys are short-term answers. Yeah, I I agree. And I think that, um, it's going to be really tough because I understand the, you know, the feeling, the need to sign these guys because, right. you know, especially Sealer, just because he's been playing so well and you want to reward that. This is an organization that wants to reward people in, sure. in a lot of ways. Um, but I do think that there's going to be some guys in the system that are going to get boxed out if you do it that way. And we know Tortorella, like, you know, for better or worse, like sometimes this is a good thing and sometimes it's not. Um, that he he prefers the devil you know 
And so right. he knows Sealer and he knows Walker now better. And so that could end up, you know, tilting this the scales in, in a certain way. As an example, if they extend both those guys, they keep both those guys, does that mean they extend Zamula? Like, are they going to? Yeah. It's, maybe it's, not. Maybe he gets traded, you know? And I wouldn't do that. But I'm just saying, you know, those are the kinds of things. Those are the, the decisions that have to get made. Uh, I think they're good problems to have in a lot of ways where you yeah. have a lot of good players to choose from. Uh, you just have to find the right players to fill the right roles uh, when all is yeah. said and done. But uh, that will do it for today's show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As we said on uh, tomorrow's show, we will have a preview of that game versus Dallas. And we are going to profile prospect Sasha Boisvert. Uh, really excited to bring that to you. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got questions you want us to answer on the show, you can send them to us via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russum at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.